Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome into the third and final hour of the program here on Thursday. And uh, tomorrow, we'll have a pretty interesting day for you. We will have, not only will we have our regularly scheduled appearance, I believe, of uh, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And um, I'm not... Not sure she told me yet which counselor she's bringing on with her, but uh, we'll have that information for you tomorrow morning, I'm sure. Uh, also, we should be able to play the interview that I have scheduled this afternoon with Senator Ed Markey. We're going to be talking about the issue about uh, AM radio in electric vehicles. The electric vehicle manufacturers are not putting AM radio into these new EVs because I, I guess the... From from what I was reading, it causes interference with some of the electrical systems. So rather than try to fix whatever that interference was, their uh, solution was, well, we'll just won't put AM radios in the cars because who listens to AM radio anymore anyway? And all of you who are out there right now listening to us on 1420 are saying, I do. And so, you know, going forward in the future, not only does Senator Markey want to make sure that you'll be able to listen to uh, the AM radio that you enjoy if you have an electric vehicle, but also the importance of the emergency broadcast system and how, and not just that either, but just how AM radio is able to bring emergency information to people. When when there's a storm and things are going on and, you know, the, the, the TV gets knocked out, the cable gets knocked out, I mean, you should probably have WBSM tuned in anyway, but certainly if you don't have those other means, you know, the, the internet goes down, the Wi-Fi's out. What do you do? You turn on your battery-powered radio and you tune into 1420 AM and we give you all the information that you need, you need, everything that you need to know. So Senator Markey is pushing for the continued inclusion of AM radio in those electric vehicles. And we're going to talk with him about that. So I, um, they set up a time with me this afternoon. So hopefully everything works out and his schedule doesn't change so that he can still join us. And uh, I will play that interview with you tomorrow. And also tonight on South Coast tonight in the 8 p.m. hour, Marcus and Chris will welcome Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll to the program. So uh, she will be calling in and, uh, and, uh, well, she'll be talking to them and you will have the chance to hear that live at 8 p.m. And if you don't get a chance to hear it live at 8 p.m., you'll be able to catch it in the podcast later on because uh, Marcus does a great job of pushing out those podcasts pretty much as soon as the hour is over. And then it takes uh, about 20 minutes or so for it to, to actually go out into the podcast feed and then you'll be able to, to listen to it uh, in its entirety. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. You are next on WBSM. Good afternoon, Tim. What's going oh, on? Good morning. 
Hey, last Friday I was out in Providence doing your time slot with uh, Councilor Morad and Councilor Cone. Mm-hmm. On AM, I could hear you clearly. In downtown Providence, the FM was crackling. Yeah, our, our FM reach isn't isn't that wide. We we have limitations on how far we can push out the FM. Yeah, but it, the AM kind of because usually I get like Somerset, Swansea, the AM kind of a little bit. But no, it was I was out there in Providence. I was like, wow, this is impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, the, the AM signal can, can travel really well, especially like if it's at night or if it's a clear night. But um, I actually went to, uh, when I was at Best Buy, I was talking to them and I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm looking to upgrade my car radio because uh, I'm financing my car and, and, and next month I'm done with my payments. And, you know, I want to I wanna celebrate that by putting in a new radio and I want to get something because I don't get a good signal in my car and I know it's my car I know it's my car that's the problem and I was talking with the guy and he goes well what do you have and I said a Mazda 3 he goes oh no 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 no! you can't you can't put a new radio in there because the radios are like molded into this like thing on top of the dashboard I was like oh man I'm gonna have to get a new car now <laughs> <laughs> so did you you enjoy that little jab this morning while you had Tom Hodgson on oh yeah yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah I, I know we're, I didn't, Listen, I, didn't hang, I, I, I didn't have the memory I didn't hang up of an on elephant and a dolphin <laughs> so some point down the road, I'm going to embarrass you out in public in front of a lot, well, a lot of people. You know what happened there? That that was just me trying to cover for Tom. I was I trying know, to cover I for know. his mistake. I know. Wait, he's done a little bit better each day. Yeah, I mean, WBSM boot camp. So my, my goal, my goal is to make it so that you know he can come in here and he can fill in for anybody and he can run everything himself and know know how to do the job because I think he'd be absolutely, great at that. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is a good thing. That's and also, I if I WBSM boot camp. also if I teach him how to do all that, the next time Phil goes on vacation, I don't have to wake up early every day either. And I thought about that this morning. I was like, yeah, you know, Tim, Tim's going to be off his game. He's going to be a little tired than usual this week. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I do all right, but you should see what happens to me at twelve o'clock when I go off the air. Then it's like an instant crash. Mm-hmm. I Always wonder, a pleasure, my friend. Have a good weekend. You as well. I um I, I dreaded to think about what my bowling scores are going to be tonight. The way that I felt around seven eight o'clock at night this week, I hope that uh, I hope that my bowling game doesn't suffer. I actually, what did I bowl last week? A one one ninety three, which is my my best was a one ninety five a couple weeks before. So uh, getting there, getting there. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You're next on WBSM. Good afternoon, Mr. Weisberg. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, I wanted to let you know I was able to find that book online and I was able to download it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I was able to oh. find a copy of it. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I wish you'd read it. I will. Oh, I definitely will. I just, because I'm doing this week here um, and I'm getting up early and I'm here at like 530 and then I'm working till like 10 o'clock at night, I just sit down to try to read anything and my eyes glaze over. So I, I want to make well, sure I can be fully invested in it when I read it. Well, it will make up your mind once and for all. I'm telling you that. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you the reason I called because have you ever gone into any columbarium, not the mausoleums, but the columbariums? I don't think so, no. Well, you need to. We don't have any around here. We don't even have a good-sized mausoleum. We got little teeny ones here, like one family. Yeah. But I, I go into YouTube, all the YouTube channels of people that go into those places, and it's very interesting. And I wondered if you had a YouTube channel where you post things. Um, no, we, I mean, we have a spooky South Coast YouTube channel where we have our, our radio show when we used to have the cameras here in the studio. And then we also, you know, some of the stuff that we've done on some of our investigations is on there, but not, a, not a lot of stuff like that. No. So you don't have like a private channel just for you and stuff you want to put out. 
Um, I mean, I, I have a, I have a login for myself of just what, for wanting to watch videos, but I, I've never really put anything on it myself. Do you ever watch the channels of other people that go and do stuff like that? I mean, I'm subscribed to so many. I don't have time to even watch them all. But there are some that are so interesting with famous uh Famous people and all, and you see, they're calling better. You know what they are, right? They're very nice inside. Yeah, and, and I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of the folks who who do get access to those places and and, and do the videos, I, I I look for things like that, and I say the most important thing is, did you have permission to be there, and were yeah, you respectful yeah. when you were there? Those are the two things that I care the most well, about. The columbariums actually are open for certain hours. If you're going to go into a private mausoleum, that that's going to be different. But, I mean, I've watched so many YouTube channels that I'm binge-watching, I'm losing sleep and all. It's so interesting. But I was just wondering, uh, I want to look up and see if there are any Colin Barrett. We don't have any nearby. Yeah, I can't so think of any. a little bit of traveling. I mean, I haven't been in a lot of the cemeteries around here, but I can't think of any that I have seen. Do you do you watch, I, I, since you like to watch different channels, um, do you just stick to YouTube or do you watch other social media? Oh, I watch all kinds of everything that interests me. So on on Instagram, there's uh, somebody who's her name is Spooky New England Ghoul, G H O U L. <laughs> her name's Amanda, and she is convinced that Lizzie Borden is innocent. So I think it'd be interesting if you saw some of her videos and uh, and, and checked out some of the stuff that she's posted. Well, I may. She needs to check out that book I just told you. About. I sent it to her. I sent it to her when because, I found the link. Oh, I'm so glad because once you read it, Tim. There's no way you can think about it any other way. He explains every second of the whole event, and there's no way that anyone other than Lizzie could have done that. You know, I found some interesting information about the author online, though. There's some people who think that, that the name that he uses is actually, a, what's it, Lunday? It's actually, yeah. it's not a, it's not his real name, it's a pseudonym, and that he was actually somebody who was a part of the police department. Yes, it's very interesting. You can go even deeper. But if you read it, I, I hope you find time soon because I'm anxious to know what you think of it. All right. Hopefully, if I don't, if uh, hopefully I get to it this weekend. All right. And like you said, it's not well, it's not a long read. It shouldn't take me very long. So no, it's not. You can read it in a half hour. And uh, I, I plan on doing so. But you need to take your time. So take a little longer than a half hour and comprehend every line that he says, and it makes sense. All of it. It really makes sense. He explains it in such a way that your mind can only see it that way. It couldn't be any other way. And you'll see for yourself. I'm, I'm anxious for you to read it. All right. I will definitely report back to you. All right. Thank you Thank so much. You. Have a good day. Yep. And, and by the way, for those who might not have followed along, if you didn't hear the previous calls about that topic, we're talking about a book um, in which the author lays out why he believes Lizzie Borden is the person who committed the Borden murders. And um, I, the person that I mentioned, Amanda, spooky New England ghoul, she is somebody who has – and she actually goes around and, and gives a presentation where she lays out – and I've seen her presentation – where she lays out the, the, the reasonable doubt that it, it wasn't Lizzie. So I'm going to be interested to read this book and be able to compare and contrast with the stuff that Amanda has uh, dug up in her research. And then that's why I sent it to Amanda because I want to see what she thinks about it compared to you know the, the sources that she has read to, to come up with her Lizzie is innocent theory. So it's uh it's 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 one of those things again we'll probably never know the actual truth of everything that happened but that's what kind of makes it so interesting for people the fact that it will never be solved like we we're all pretty certain right like I'm pretty sure that everybody knows that OJ Simpson did it right like even though he wasn't found guilty even though he was acquitted he did it 
But with Lizzie, people aren't ready to go there. People are looking at certain things and they say, nope, nope, I can't, I can't resign myself to this fact. I can't uh, resign myself to that fact. So I think it'll always be a, a great mystery that will continue to intrigue people for years to come. And also it makes for something that is um, a viable force of tourism for the city of Fall River. They used to hate pushing the Borden story until they realized, oh, there's a lot of people that come to our city for that every year. Um, and by the way, if anybody's looking for a job, the Lizzie Borden house is searching for a general manager. So if you wanted to uh, apply for that job, you can go to their website and you can apply if you have some uh, experience running a, <laughs> a house where two people were killed. Uh, no, but if you have experience running a, a museum style format or you know a place where there will be tours and also people staying the night, uh, they are looking for a general manager, so you can check that out on their website. And uh, this Saturday night, uh, I believe we're going to have a spooky South Coast. I know it's been a few weeks, uh, but I believe Stephanie is going to be joining me, and, and hopefully Moniz. He was at a convention last week, um, and she was unable to come in. That's why we didn't have a show. But we're going to talk about some of this controversy. Since we're talking about paranormal things, we're going to be talking about some of this controversy that's been going on around Zach Bagans, the host of Ghost Adventures. And uh, there's a lot of people who have been calling him out over the past couple of weeks. And we're going to dive into all of that. And speaking of the paranormal, the um, we, we got a couple of app chat messages here. And uh, let me see. Let me go back to the one that came in. Uh, answered seven in a cushion and says, it's funny how when people hear UFO, they think of aliens. All it is is an unidentified flying object, which could be anything from a plane to a piece of paper thrown from a tornado that went through an area 30 miles away. And yeah, that's why I think even the term UFO, they're starting to get away from that. And instead of using the term unidentified flying object, they're saying unidentified aerial phenomena. Because it, in some cases, it may not even be a physical object that people are seeing, but some sort of light refraction or something else. So the, they're, they're trying to get away from the UFO terminology and the stigma that that has with it. And that's why when that uh, Department of Intelligence report came out that talked about all of the different cases that have been, you know, and again, it's not the full report, but it's it was kind of the overview. It used the term UAP and it never once mentioned extraterrestrials or anything of extraterrestrial origin. And because chances are, it probably isn't something extraterrestrial. Uh, so, so um, you, you know, you never you never know exactly what it is that you're dealing with, but more likely than not, it's either some sort of natural phenomenon or something that came from the Earth or, or nearby space, but isn't, isn't necessarily a species of other people that are coming across uh, the universe to come and visit us. And um, Mr. Emma New Bedford, Tim, just put the bumpers up. They'll give you some mulligans. <laughs> I say every week when I'm bowling, I'm like, can't we just have the bumper guards? Can't we just put those out there, the gutter guards? Uh, also, um, I will share. So the name of the book is uh, Carol Ann and Asonet asked and uh, not bad uh, asked as well. So the name of the book, let me pull it up here. Hold on, it's loading the PDF. The Mystery Unveiled, The Truth About the Borden Tragedy. And it is by Todd Lunday. And uh, the PDF of it is uploaded to Stephanie Corey's Lizzie Borden site. And she took the time to digitize the book because it is, you know, it's it's out of copyright. It's It's before the copyright date existed. So you can actually find it for yourself on her website. She took the time to uh, digitize it. And... 
she is a person who has been studying the Lizzie Borden case for a long time. And she is somebody who has, um, you know, she runs the, the quarterly, the, uh, the quarterly, uh, journal called The Hatchet. She has that. And, uh, she has been, sorry, I'm just typing it in so I can get all the links for you. And, uh, she has been somebody who has kept track of all of the, um, different books and different publications about it over the years. So the the web address is a little bit long. So what I'll do what I'll do is I'll tell you just go to lizzieandrewborden.com which is Stephanie's website and then you can search for it there. And uh, you can search for the the mystery unveiled on her site and find the PDF. That's her website. It's lizzieandrewborden.com. If I was to give you all of the other information at the end of it it's kind of long. So that I just wanted to throw that out there. And um of course, the question comes in from HT in New Bedford. Let me put this call on hold. Tim, there was a story about why the house now torn down in Westport near Whites of Westport was haunted. And when I was a kid in the early 90s, I feel like Fun 107 did a broadcast inside the home. Not sure if that's a false memory, though. No, they did do a broadcast of it. Uh, the the co-host of the morning show back in the 90s uh, went out there and spent the night there. And did the broadcast from the show. And I wish that um, I wish that we had tapes of that. His name was uh, Kuchenbacher, if you remember. He was the co-host of the morning show uh, on Fun 107. And he went in there and, and broadcast live from there. But the, the place wasn't haunted. The the stories. I mean, I've heard from the police about strange things that went on there, but I don't. I don't think that it was haunted. It was purchased by a funeral home, and I think that kind of led to some of the stories that people had about it being haunted. I wrote an article about it recently at uh, wbsm.com, where I tried to debunk some of those myths about it. But the legend will always continue, for sure. All right, let me take this call real quick, and then we'll have to go to a break. You are next on WBSM. Hi. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? I heard you there for a second. Okay. We'll have to call back. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the break. We'll be back in a few. In 508-996-0500, the Mighty Mighty Boston's Boston Zone. Uh, I think everybody who was ever, uh, anybody from Generation X, so anybody who was my age or around my age, who might have been in Boston in the mid to late 90s before the Mighty Mighty Boston's hit it really big, they all have a Dickie Barrett story. They all encountered him somewhere and have a story about him, and, and, and most people will tell you that he was he's a jerk. <laughs> the overwhelming stories that I've heard is that he's a jerk. Um, but I know a lot of people who have had encounters with him. I personally have not, but uh, 
I, I believe the people who told me the stories that they had. But that doesn't matter. The music's still pretty good. 508-996-0500. Uh, some folks had been sending in app chat messages. Uh, I got a few more asking about that book that we that we were talking about. Mary and I were talking about the, the Mystery Unveiled, the book that will, she says, will convince you that Lizzie Borden definitely committed the murders. And, again, you can get it from LizzieAndrewBorden.com, Stephanie Corey's website where she has uploaded the book. But if you want to send me an app chat message and ask me for the link, I'll send it to you. The problem is the app chat format doesn't allow us to send hyperlinks, so you're going to you're going to have to copy and paste it. And so just copy what I send over and put it into your browser. And then that'll bring you right to the book. It's a PDF that you can read online if you want to do it that way. Or you can download it. You can probably put it on a Kindle or any other uh, way that you might read ebooks if that makes it easier for you. And it's, it's okay. It's, uh, you know, it's not a pirated book. I'm not telling you how to avoid paying for something. It's out of print. And it's uh, something that is pre-copyright. So it's okay. It's okay for her to have uploaded it. It's okay for me to share it with you. And if you if you are somebody who likes to read old books and you like ebooks and you you don't know where to find them, uh, go to archive.org, archive.org, because they have lots of old books there that have all been digitized. A lot of libraries spend the time to actually take some older works and make digital copies of them so that they can be preserved and then they will upload them to archive.org so that people will have the opportunity to uh, to download them and read them for themselves and uh, if i know some some so many people that i talk to about ebooks are against them because they say i like the feel of a real book in my hand it's not the same when you have um you know electronic device in your hand instead of a book and i understand that and i agree with it but at the same time most of these books you either would never be able to actually get your hands on or if you could, they would cost you so much money that you wouldn't want to crack them open and, and read them. So it, it is worthwhile having the digital uh, versions of these books so that we can keep them alive. 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And I'm going to go back to the article that I was talking about earlier that New Bedford Light has been putting this, this – they put out this two-part series yesterday by Colin Hogan – Yesterday, the the story was about how Greater New Bedford Voc Tech is not putting people out into the field of automotive repair, uh, working in the local shops. And again, as I as I've been saying, this is it, it's anecdotal in a way because you know maybe some of these kids are just going to other towns or they're going to other shops that aren't the dozen or so that Colin spoke to, or maybe um, maybe it's not indicative of how all the shops are performing. You know, maybe the other shops are filling up local businesses with graduates. But he kind of uses this as a way to, to broach the possibility and, and broach the part of the discussion that there are people who are studying these shops at Vogue Tech that have no intention of going into those careers. They're just studying it because they have to take a shop when they go to Vogue Tech and they're going to Vogue Tech because they just don't want to go to New Bedford High School. So I, although it doesn't cite that in the story, I think that's kind of the gist of, of, of what 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 it's suggesting and actually one of the people he spoke to in the story actually suggests that we've taken calls we've taken app chat messages of people who back that idea up but today's story is a little bit different today's focus is on the program that's being offered at new bedford high school not only are they working in some some shops what they call cvte classes they're working in some of those shops as a way for them to offer things like hospitality and culinary and and those kind of things but they are also they're also in the first year of a program called After Dark, 
which allows them to send New Bedford High students after school, after they've completed their regular school day and all the requirements of the regular school day, they send them to Greater New Bedford Voc Tech. And they utilize the same classrooms, the same equipment, the same teachers, and they have a program there where they can learn those shops even though they didn't get into Voc Tech. So as, as Colin Story cites, there's a thousand spots available for somebody to go into to Greater New Bedford Voc Tech and they have, I'm sorry, 500 spots available and they have a thousand people that apply. What happens to those other kids and they end up going to New Bedford High School? Well, this is a chance for some of those kids to still be able to get a vocational education. It's also a way to kind of solve to some degree that issue that we were talking about yesterday where a kid that does get into Voc Tech, they're asked to pick three shops that they want to do and they don't get their first choice. They don't get their second choice. Maybe they get their third choice and now they're going to school for something they didn't want to study. This might give them the opportunity to say, you know what, let me see if I can go to New Bedford High School and take that shop through the After Dark program. And also, it will also give them the chance to um, to have a... Uh, you know, a, a taste at that so that maybe maybe they decide that it isn't what it is, but it, it, they didn't base their entire four years of high school on that decision. So they could decide after a year of being in that program, you know what, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I'd rather do something else. And that gives them the chance to, to kind of see that for themselves. So if you haven't read the piece, you can at newbedfordlight.org, and I think you'll find that it's it's pretty interesting. So you can you can see for yourself if when you read it, you know, where where do you come down on, on where this is where this is working? Do you feel like there should be a change in the admissions policy or more of an expansion of these programs at New Bedford High? Or do you think that it should be a matter of both? Now the the issue of duplication is kind of as as Colin puts it, skirted by this after dark program. So as I as I mentioned yesterday, if if a school wants to offer, if a school that's in a regional vocational district wants to offer a vocational training, they can't duplicate what is at the vocational school without the vocational school signing off on it and the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education signing off on it. So they can't offer the same shops at New Bedford High that they have at Greater New Bedford Voc Tech unless they get those approvals. But by utilizing this program, the After Dark program, they can offer those shops because they're using the school and the school's training uh, and the school's uh, educators. And so they're not really circumventing that. And so I think that it's a, it's an interesting approach. They still have to follow. This is also interesting. They still have to follow the same admissions guidelines for the school for that after dark program. So that's an interesting look at it as well. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. So I will not say what system I worked for, but for 20 years, I did work for a local school system. Okay. And what people are not saying from Voc and I am a Voc graduate um, many moons ago, and what the city of Bedford and Fairhaven and Town of Dartmouth don't want to say about it is they don't want to say the word money. It's all about the money, such as they take the basis of New Bedford Public Schools or Dominic Public Schools, and they have a cost per pupil amount that they pay per year from the city's budget, from the town's budget. And let's say 
it costs, after heating, education, paying salaries, $12,000 for the city of New Bedford, $15,000 for the town of Dartmouth, and $9,000 to the town of Fairhaven, for them to educate their students in their school system. But because VOC has a specialty program system, they have their own price per pupil. And it's not even close. And therefore, a Dartmouth resident or a New Bedford resident that goes to New Bedford Vogue, the city has to pay out of their budget whatever Vogue deems is the right amount to educate that student for that year, which is generally two to three times more, at least that, of what it costs the sending student cities to that. So they're, they're, they obviously want to keep the building full so that they can have those students. Um, but what is what, so? Why would that limit who they want to bring in from those towns, though? They don't limit. The only thing that they do is the criteria is they want the best space to have out in the community as far as to to justify you know, why they charge to, those prices. To, not to justify why they charge, but. To, to show, you know, to, to straighten out people and putting them out in the workforce. You know, you don't want, I mean, it's like the police department. They have a criteria to become a police officer. You know, they don't want any bums, just like the school doesn't want any bums. You know what I'm saying? It, it's that aspect of it. But the numbers are about money. Mm. Well, certainly the something. city yeah. and and on another note is the MCASs. The cities, the towns are upset that the higher MCAS students are going into Vogue. Therefore, their MCAS numbers are down compared to Vogue's MCAS numbers. And I can tell you personally, my nephew applied years ago with my daughter to New Bedford Vogue. And it was to your school. Your sending school is how the application process was. My nephew was a straight-A student, honest student. He never got accepted to Vogue. Somehow, Vogue never got their application from the sending school, which was in the Bedford school system. So they, ne- they said, they, they, yeah, said they, they never saw the application. Correct. But yet, my nephew, which also had applied to Bristol Aggie, Bristol Aggie at the time, you applied directly to Bristol Aggie. So when you applied to Bristol Aggie at the time, they now turned to the sending school, which was Voke, and said, uh, which was New Bedford, and said, hey, we, the students interested in coming out of school, send us this, this, and this. Versus Voke at the time used to be they would receive that sending school application from the, Beth, from the Bedford school system saying, hey, one of these, this student is interested in going to school. And at that time, I, like I said, I used to work for a system. And I told my sister at that time, I said, listen, this is what you need to do. This is what's happening. I also informed Volk about it. And Volk has changed their policy on admission application. Therefore, if you want to go to Volk, your child wants to go to Volk, your child applies to Volk, just like my nephew did and my daughter did, or my nephew did to Bristol Aggie, excuse me. You apply to Volk now, and Volk in turn asks for the information so no applications are accidentally lost 
Mm. Because that was happening in Dartmouth, and that was happening and happened directly to my nephew in your best school system. Wow. Well, I thank you for the call and for the information. I got to hold you there because I got some other callers. But thank you for the insight. Not a problem, buddy. And uh, let's let's squeeze in this call here before I got to take a break. You're next on WBSM. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, my daughter's a student at New Bedford Vogue. I think the students are getting a bad rap. What was that that was said about the automotive students at Vogue that you said a little while ago? So according, and you can read the uh, the column at New, the article at newbedfordlight.org, but Colin Hogan's report was that he talked to about a dozen auto body shops and, and auto repair shops and in the city, and he talked to them about, you know, are you hiring Vogue Tech graduates? And right. some of them were saying, no, I wouldn't hire a Vogue Tech graduate. Some of them were saying they're not even bothering to apply. Do you and think that... You think that may be a problem with the teaching staff there? I don't know because I, I feel I like... I can tell the, you for a fact it is. Okay. I was going to say... My, they, daughter's, my daughter's a really good straight-A student back in the day after COVID. She, she was a freshman. And then she goes in and now she's becoming extremely uninterested in, in the automotive industry, even working there. She likes the tasks that she's, she's given. The teachers are so nonchalant, don't really get in-depth about anything. So I come home and she's like, oh, I'm like... After three cycles of shop, she's like, I'm like, what, do you, what did you learn this past week? Oh, we're still working on brakes. And, and Everything's so uninterested. And, and then she goes what, on these. What she year is she? These, she's a junior now. I mean, she's I. She actually learned more going out on exploratory stuff with the, some of the shops. And then she had an incident, which I won't probably publicly talk about, but you could give me a call off the air. <laughs> with, one of the, with one of the places. Okay, that she actually had uh, an issue, and then the, the 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 school staff didn't even tell the administration, the administrators of the school, what had happened to her incident at the at the shop that she went to. Hmm. Well, so there was a legal issue there, and then the administrators, I got contact to the administrators because I never got like feedback from the teachers on what they did to solve the problem. She was outside of school at that point at a yeah. dealership. Well, so the I dealerships. I was saying I don't, want, I don't want to get too deep into all that if you know if there's things that we can't really discuss about it. Right. But in terms of the actual education aspect of it, is, is it possible that you know maybe she's just so advanced that she's beyond you know she's she's further ahead than the rest of the class needs to be, and that's why she's she's getting bored with it because no, she's no, ready no. for I more of a challenge. One of those, I think it's one of those where the teaching staff for that auto, automotive there is is highly irresponsible. The, half of the staff, I mean, don't don't even show up to work half the time at at at, at, at Vogue. Okay, so I know this firsthand. Well, this, yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of any of this, so we'd have to. So, so look a maybe more we should be, maybe maybe the car dealership shouldn't be putting the blame entirely on the students. Maybe they should look at the root of the problem. Maybe it's the teachers. Sure. Well, that's a fair point. I want to hold you there just because I got to take a break. But thank you for the yeah. call. No worries. Thank you. And uh, I will point out that the. Um, the the uh, the people that were interviewed in the story that that were running these 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 shops, most of them were Vogue Tech graduates themselves, so they're familiar with the school. One of them actually is a former advisory committee member uh, who had stepped down, but his son had taken his place, who was also his business partner, and on the advisory committee. So I think some of them are probably pretty tied into what goes on. Some of them, you know, admitted that they didn't know what was going on at the school. So I think it was a little bit of a mixture of both. I got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. You know, the weekend is coming up and it's going to be, you're going to have a couple of nice days here, right? So you're going to be in a spring mood. You're going to want to be heading out, going out and doing some stuff. And one of the things you might want to do is go out to breakfast. Start off your day tomorrow, you know, having some breakfast, especially if you plan on drinking some of that green beer later on in the afternoon. You want to make sure that you start yourself off with a, a good base. You're not, you're not going to, you don't 
don't want to drink green beer on an empty stomach. Trust me. Especially because if you make yourself sick, yeah. So get yourself a good, strong breakfast to start the day by going to Just Another Phoenix restaurant in Dartmouth. It's right on Fonz Corner Road. It's easy to get to, and they have all kinds of imaginative things that they put on their special menu all the time. So as I always say, in addition to all your favorites, you can get everything you want. Maybe maybe you want to, instead of having corned beef dinner, you want to have corned beef hash. You can get that and everything else that you would expect to find on a breakfast menu at Just Another Phoenix restaurant. But you can also get things that you would have never thought to put together, like things like my favorite, Boston cream French toast. Some of the really interesting French toast and pancake combinations that they come up with that will certainly set you off for a great day ahead. When you've got a belly full of good breakfast, you are going to have yourself a great day. And they make sure that you start off every day right at Just Another Phoenix. And you can dine inside or you can take their entire menu to go available through their drive through window. Normally, you go to get breakfast at a drive through what, what are you getting? You know, an egg sandwich? a donut, a muffin, any it just another phoenix, you can get the entire menu. So go by and visit them there at they're on Fonz Corner Road in Dartmouth, just another phoenix restaurant. Of course, they're called just another phoenix restaurant, but they're just unlike any other restaurant that you'll find around here. So check it out and let me know what it is that you like off that menu because uh, every time I go, I I've, I've got to get the Boston cream french toast, but I really should try some other things as well because it all sounds so good. All right, I do have to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few. All right, welcome back. The final few moments of the program for today, and then we'll give way to Bill O'Reilly. After that, it'll be Barry Richard. Then it'll be Howie Carr. And then after that, it will be South Coast Tonight. And tonight on South Coast Tonight in the 8 p.m. hour, Chris and Marcus will be speaking with Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. Uh, her and Governor Mara Healy are down here on the South Coast today. And... Um, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll will be with Chris and Marcus talking about a variety of things, but certainly talking about uh, some of these housing issues and, and, and the rent control, rent stabilization issue. So uh, you can tune into that again. That'll be in the 8 p.m. hour, but the show is on from 7 to 10. And it's always fun and it's always entertaining. And then, of course, tomorrow morning, we'll have one more day of Tom Hodgson filling in for Phil Paleologos as Phil is on vacation down in Florida. But uh, Sheriff Hodgson, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> he does too. We we look at each other each time. We're like, uh, but because uh, it's been so long that you, that you say that. But Tom will be in tomorrow for Phil, and uh, he's been doing a great job all week long. And I know he loves hearing from you. So if you're up, even if you just want to call in and say hi, he loves hearing from everybody uh, in the morning. So uh, feel free to give him a call tomorrow as we'll be celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Uh, with him tomorrow morning so that'll be a lot of fun and uh you know i'm glad that um glad that i don't have the saturday morning shift the day after st patrick's day that's for sure and if you want to uh reach out to me and get that link to the book that we were talking about you can send me a message on app chat via the wbsm app or you can uh, send me an uh, email at tim at wbsm.com, and I will send you the link to download that book, The Mystery Unveiled, uh, about the Lizzie Borden case. It, it goes back to, it was written the year after the murders happened. So um, it, it's out of print now. So if you do find a copy of it, they're worth a lot of money. But uh, Stephanie Corey was nice enough to digitize it so that people would have access to it and put it on her website. So I will share with you the link from there so that you will be able to download it yourself. And then we uh, we can talk about it next week after I get a chance to actually sit down and read it. But that will do it for me for today. Everybody out there, have a great day. And as always, enjoy every sandwich. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.